You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. We back. What's going on, world? Welcome to Podcast Monday. Y'all know how we do every Monday, bringing y'all that expertise, extracting that inner genius. And today, we got Darrell Williams in the building. What makes this story so special is he literally, and I mean literally, embodies the whole from hood to good element, baby. Coming from them rough Compton streets and hitting the White House. I love what he's doing out there. And check out his website, AllianceSeminars.org. They're doing a lot of great work, especially for the youth. He's sharing that it's definitely possible. Success is born on both sides of the street. Maximizing your call. We even got him to bust a freestyle for us. So if you listen to the end, he's going to hit you with something special. I ain't going to take up too much of this intro. I'm going to let Darrell Williams drop them bars for you. Yeah, yeah, what's going on, world? We back with another From Hood to Good episode. Your boy Ronnie Jack's holding it down. Y'all know how we do. And we got a special one lined up for you guys. I know I say they all special, but this one really embodies the whole From Hood to Good element, baby. We was looking for this kind of story for a while, and I'm glad to finally share something like this with you guys. I'm going to come straight out. We went from hood to presidential. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, retired military vet, certified master life coach, so many accolades to name, straight out of Compton. We got mm-hmm. Darrell Williams in the house. How you feeling today, Darrell? Ronnie, I am good, man. I'm so glad to be with you, man. I was looking forward to this for a minute. I was like, man, I hope this one don't get canceled. I don't need nothing to get in my way because I definitely want to reach out and and holler at Ronnie and uh, talk to the people. Yeah, man, this this really means a lot. I want to thank you. Thank you. I've already said thank you, but I think thank you is underutilized. So really thank you, you know, in front of the audience. Let them know we appreciate this. We appreciate you sharing your expertise. So we're going to get straight into it. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was um saying everything, I, I, I let you guys know straight out of Compton. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. I tend to get ahead of myself. Straight okay. out of Compton. So can you take us back to the very beginning, what it was like growing up, the year? Um, really kind of paint the picture for, for us guys and let us know that we're really serious when we say from hood to good in this particular situation, even a year, possibly even a street you grew up on, like really paint the picture as much as you possibly can for, for the people. Oh yeah, no problem, Ronnie. Um, like I always tell people when I give my speech, I speak at a lot of schools in the DC, Maryland area. Um, I grew up in Compton. Um, I always tell people if they saw the movie Boys in the Hood, that was the climate that I grew up in. And then my brothers and sisters grew up during the time of straight out of Compton. So we experienced all of that crazy stuff, man. It was just a part of life back then. Uh, Grew up on 121 East Raymond Street, right? Kind of a crip neighborhood. Those that know that area know what I'm talking about, right off of Alondra. And it was just crazy, man. Um, You had crips, you had bloods, you had Hispanic gangs. Uh, I remember one night, man, we were just hanging out. And one thing I know with all my travels, man, every neighborhood has that particular block that corner where we all just sitting up there man and just you know just talking to talk you know and I remember one night um one of my guys uh, I think they went out the night before you know maybe had um 
a street discussion in another neighborhood, I can put it like that, and say, yo, man, um, you see some cars coming up, you know, with the lights out, you know, you need to watch out. Now, the funny part, right, was he would always say stuff like that, right? And then if a car comes like, yo, that's them, then they start running, right? And we start running, and he's like, oh, I got you guys, I got y'all. This particular night, Ronnie, he was like, yo, man, I'm serious, man. If, if, I, if I run at night, you know, y'all need to really run. And we're like, man, you ain't going to get us again, man. Don't even try And sure enough, man, the car was rolling up, and he started running. And we're like, man, quit playing. He was not playing that night. So we all started running after the fact. Didn't get the, uh, the jump start that we wanted, man. And I just remember the car uh, pulling up. And at the time, when you're going through stuff like that, you're like, okay, I just need to take cover. Right. And I'm like, yo, here's this little um, uh, cement fence or brick fence. I'm just going to jump behind that and whatever happened, happened, you know. And luckily, uh, everybody scattered enough where they didn't get a chance to get a good you know, view of anybody. So they just kept going through the neighborhood. But it was just one of those things when you grow up in that, you don't think anything different. That's just the life that you're in. And I remember when I went to basic training, man, and, you know, normally at night, especially that first night, everybody talking about where they from and, you know, what it was like. And, you know, I was telling them guys like, man, I did not know like helicopters did not fly over people houses all the time until I joined the army. I mean, because that's just what it was. We were there. It was like, nah, man, we don't have a helicopter flying over house. I'm like, yeah, but you from Cabrini Green, Chicago. Ain't y'all tough like that? I was like, yeah, man, we tough, but it ain't like that. You know, we got a different type of stuff going on. So it was just one of those type of things, man. And, you know, you got the gangs on one side, you got the people trying to get you to sell drugs on the other side, and you're just trying to make it. Man, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's not a, it's not even a laughing matter, but no, I know what I you just, mean. I, yeah, I just find it like sometime when you when you experience that thing, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with with what you're referring to. Sure, sure. Um, I just find it strange that a lot of this tends to be on like a Martin Luther King Boulevard or something like that. That you know? is so true, <laughs> you know Ronnie. What I mean? Yes. Um, but like that leads me up to another like question. Um, mm-hmm. I see um a lot of people, like you said, you know, your your people, y'all would hang out, you know, just shooting the breeze, whatever, yep. doing what you know, normal people do. Mm-hmm. And I tend to find peer pressure is a very Peer pressure is strong, you know. How were you able to kind of like say, I see you guys doing this. I'm not really going to go in that direction. It's easy to get sucked into the wrong path. Yes, it is. Or even just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So how were Mm -hmm. you kind of able to like navigate around that and not get sucked into the peer pressure to all the drama and, and stuff going on? Yeah, man, that's a great question, Ronnie. And for me, man, it was two things. Um, one, uh, my mom, man. I mean, my mom and dad was, you know, with me growing up. But, you know, dad, um, he wasn't really in the church and stuff like that. So he was kind of like, you know, whatever, just, you know, don't get in trouble. That type of stuff. But mom was really good about, you know, putting that faith in us. Like, yo, there's a greater purpose out there. You got a purpose. You don't want to uh, put yourself in a situation where you don't get a chance to fulfill your purpose, right? So it was kind of like, okay, I, you know, I'm down with that. And then, um, you know, I had a couple of brothers with me, uh, especially one in particular, man. My man, he's calling Big Rod. Man, that dude was super smart, right? So everybody knew, it's like, yo, man, that's like the smart one, right? We got to make sure don't nothing happen to Rod, man, because Rod gonna represent us when he make it, right? So, uh, so I was like, man, you know, I'm kind of smart too, so you know. Rod kind of became one of my, 
you know, guys to look up to. And then I had a cousin named Bobby who was really good in sports. And even though he had moved out of Compton up to Pasadena, uh, you know, everybody looked up to Big Bob, man, because everybody, I mean, we would go to different neighborhoods and play ball and people wouldn't mess with it because it was like, yo, man, you Bob cousin? Yeah, it's like, oh, you good, you good, right? But the other thing, man, that helped me straight was, you know, I'm, I'm old, right? So this is like 1983, 84. So this is when rap is like breaking out. And um, one of the guys, I went to Compton High, right? So one of the guys at, you know, Compton High at that time, man, it was like the fourth most dangerous city in the United States. And it was so bad, man, the school was just off the hook. So the principal was like, we got to do something different. We got to stem this violence. And man, it was so crazy. The principal was like, yo, what if we had like lunchtime jams? Like no kidding, like bring a DJ at lunchtime, right? But the only thing we would tell people is if there's any fights, you know, any shooting going on, we're going to shut it down. And Ronnie, I kid you not, man, all the gang's leaders were like, yo, like don't mess this up, man. This is cool, right? So we actually had peace, right? And then for me, I started getting into the rap game a little bit. So I was like, well, you know, if we're going to bring a DJ, somebody's going to have to spit some rhymes. So I want to be one of them dudes that's ready. So, man, I was like practicing, practicing, man. They finally brought my boy in, man. His name was uh, DJ Mix-A-Lot, and he was just cutting it up. Got to the part, like, yo, we need to get some people on the mic. And uh, I let a couple other guys go first. And then once I went on, man, it was over, right? So I always tell my kids, like, yo, dad was holding it down at Compton High. For junior and senior year, nobody could touch a brother, right? And they're like, yeah, right, whatever. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Your dad has skills back in the day. So doing that, right, obviously my man mixed a lot. They was like, yo, we're throwing these house parties. Yo, can you come over, you know, to the crib? And he's like, yeah, man, long as the fee is right, we're going to be there. So my boy mixed a lot would bring me and two other brothers, like, yeah, they'd help, you know, move the equipment. But also, man, we get to spit on the mic. So we were like, yo, man, that's easy. We, we definitely down with you. So I would be able to go to different neighborhoods and like, yo, you that dude from Compton High? Like, yeah, all right, you good. But it was so funny. Like if I wasn't with Mix-A-Lot, like I couldn't go back in that neighborhood the next day because like, yo, your pass is over. Your pass is only good for that night. <laughs> wow, I love it. I love it. We might have to spit, how you spit some bars at the end. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, what's, what's beautiful is that, you know, I love that you have firsthand experience with some of these challenges, you know, sure. that, that, that we um, have in these, in these hoods, these ghettos, these urban areas, and not yep. just there. Um, there are challenges everywhere. I don't want to believe right, any, anyone's situation. You could be in, a, um, a, a, you know, in the suburbs and mm -hmm. have challenges as well. So I don't want to, you know, isolate Absolutely. Just the uh, hood or the, you know, the quote unquote hood or just urban communities. Yep. I want to, you know, be inclusive with this and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, having that firsthand experience, you know, what are like some of the common the name and the denominators that you would recommend? Because I see people, um, most people for the for the most part, I believe, want to better themselves Absolutely. in any way possible. Yep, so right. like what? Can you identify some and, you know, some changes you would recommend to people to overcome these challenges to, the, to begin moving in the right direction, regardless if you in the hood, in the suburbs, wherever mm -hmm. you may be? Mm -hmm. Like, what are some of those factors that you could share? Yeah, Ronnie, that's a good question, man. And I always tell the kids when I go to different schools and speak, right? Like, you know, first of all, you know, don't stop dreaming. 
right? That's one thing I love about your shirt, right? Being a dreamer, right? That, that thing is real because some of us, man, we really forget to dream, man. We just think what we see is what all it is. And it's a whole world out there, man. I got brothers at Compton. I mean, literally, man, they have never left like the, like the area of LA. Maybe they went to Vegas once, but you know, at that time when I was growing up, man, it's like they couldn't leave because they was like, yo, if I get out of the space, you know, I'm a target. So it was like, man, it's got to be more than this. So one thing I tell people, man, first of all, don't stop dreaming. Second, just because somebody said you can't do it, right? Don't get mad at them. Just use that as motivation to prove them wrong, right? I remember even my own boys, man, when I told them, like, yo, I'm going to you know, the Army next year. And they're like, yo, man, you too small. Because, you know, Ronnie, I was like 110 pounds, skin and bones, right? And they was like, yo, man, you be back on the block next week, right? And I'm like, nah, man, I got to prove them wrong. Because it's like one thing about – Growing up in urban areas, man, which I always tell people this to help me out in the army was you get mentally tough. And that mental toughness can take you anywhere in the world. I've seen it. Right. So you don't stop dreaming. You use situations as motivation. Right. And then no matter where you are, man, there's always either an uncle, a coach, a teacher, a principal. If you just pause in your life and really just reflect there's somebody around you that believe in you, right? But you just got to pause just enough to listen. Like, you know what? I've been blowing off, you know, Mr. Jackson for so long, man. Let me go see what this dude is talking about. And then as you know, Mr. Jackson's like, yo, man, I believe in you, right? You got potential, right? Here's some of the things you can do. And then you got to like, you know what? Let me go ahead and trust Mr. Jackson. Because a lot of time, man, we don't trust nobody because everybody in our life has let us down. So after a while, it's like, I'm not putting myself out there like that. But you can't do that. You really got to still just hang on to that hope that there's somebody out there, right, that's going to believe in me, that's going to give me either some advice, give me my first break. And uh, you just got to just keep that grind, man. And I don't care where you're coming from, like you said, and what you're trying to do. Uh, you got to keep the grind on. You got to keep that focus like, yo, I can't let these setbacks stop me from doing what I want to do. Like, yep. And I always tell the um, kids when I speak at the schools, like a lot of times we look at failure as the end to success. But the truth of the matter is failure is the part of success. you got to fail and stuff before you can get forward and uh, succeed. So don't look at failure. That's it, man. That's like, OK, now I know what not to do. Right now, moving forward, I'm not starting from scratch. I'm starting from experience. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Can you um get a little more personal with it? Give us uh, one of your personal failures that you learned from that really taught you something that you maybe even use to this day. Oh, man. Like for me. So I tell you a funny one. When I was in basic training, right, everybody just knew like, yo, everybody from the hood and all the country boys, you know, they know how to shoot. So we already know y'all need to help us get qualified on this weapon because you know you've been out in the barn shooting all the fellas from the hood y'all been on the street shooting and it ain't like that Roddy man when you're trying to handle an m16 rifle that's a whole different weapon and brother couldn't shoot and they was like yo quit playing around Compton because you in the army right they give you a nickname knowing wherever you're from so they was like yo quit playing around Compton going out there do what you got to do man just pretend you at home I just could not get it, Ronnie, man, with that weapon, man. And I'm like, again, I'm, I'm like, I already failed like twice, right? You can only fail like three times. And then they send you back to remedial 
And then after remedial, man, if you don't get it after that, you done. So, man, I got back while well, getting ready to go to the remedial. And I'm like just telling myself, like, yo, man, you cannot go back to the hood like this. You're like, come on, man. You represent your family. You represent Compton. It's like, you do not want to be like, yeah, man, I remember this dude from Compton, man. He couldn't even shoot, man. They kicked him off the army. It's like, I did not want that, Ronnie, man. That was my motivation for real. It's like, I got to get this. And then I went back to the tent because they had a little tent where all, everybody that failed was like, okay, y'all come over here, y'all, this extra training. And a lot of it, it's a lot of technique into that stuff. But for me, it was my breathing, right? I wasn't squeezing a trigger at the end of my breathing. I was squeezing it in all other type of situations. So it wasn't until I really concentrated, paid attention. And, uh, you know, I wish I can tell you that I got expert, but it didn't. I barely passed. But for me, it was like, yo, brother passed. I'm moving on to the next phase. But, man, that was like a serious moment because it's like, yo, if you don't pass this, you going back home. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And when you know type of situations, it's good. And a lot of times I let other kids know this, too. Don't think you got to do everything by yourself. Man, there are some people out there, I mean, they've seen some stuff. And, uh, you know, if they got that expertise, you know, go ahead and listen to them. So, like, the dudes that was helping us with the weapons, it wasn't just a drill sergeant, right? It was, like, some of the guys that got expert first time, 40 out of 40, right? So they would bring those cats, which I thought was cool. It's like, yo, you sit down with Darrell, you know, you sit with Ronnie, you work with him. And they spread all of us out. And it's like, yo, man, you know, let me show you my technique. Let me see what you're doing. And so it wasn't even just a drill sergeant that helped me, Ronnie, but it was like my own peers and basic training. Like, yo, man, we started this together. We're going to end this together. Mm-hmm. So while you were um, joining the Army, what, 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 what were you like your old buddies doing? Were they still on the block? Were you... Was that the kind of company you kept or? It was. It was, man. I had a couple of buddies, man, that, you know, except for Big Rod, he was like a year ahead of us. So Big Rod went to USC, man. So we was like, yo, you the man, Rod, you the man. Uh, Full ride scholarship. But I knew that wasn't me, right? I had decent grades, but it wasn't like Big Rod, man. Rod stuff is nice. So I was like, for me, matter of fact, my junior year, um, it was like I'm brand to a recruiter. And he was like, yo, what you going to do when you get out of school? And I was like, man, I ain't joining no Army, man. I just didn't think about that at that time. I was like, I don't know, man. I'm going to go to college. And he was like, where are you going? I'm like, I don't know, man. University of Arkansas. And Ronnie, he pulled out this book, showed me how much it costs to go to the University of Arkansas. And just something just happened to me that day. It was like one of those aha moments. Like, yo, man, this is about to get real. Right? You just finished your junior year. You're going into your senior year. You know you don't have money for college. You don't have the grades for college. You got to make a decision. And I was like, yo, man, tell me about this Army thing again. <laughs> and once he started telling me about it, I can travel, pay for college. And I'm like, you know what? Sign me up. And uh, so I signed up for the Army, man, my, going into my senior year. And some of my other bro- fellas on the block was like, yo, man, that sounds like a good thing, man. But when it came down to it, you know, none of them really signed up. It was like, no, nah, I'm going to do something else or you know, I'm going to get my street thing on and um, get better at that. But, you know, we all still cheering for you, you know, but it was just they were still just hanging out. I remember a couple of times, man, I came back and um, it was, you know, I'm in a rental car. Right. So I'm like, they like, like, yo, who is this? I'm like, yo, man, it's me. They're like, man, you know, you can't be right up in there like that. You got to call the day before, man, so we can know you coming. Right. And they were still just hanging out, man. A couple of them just hanging out on the some of them, you know, they just got regular nine to five. And I told them, yo, man, it don't matter what you're doing, man. As long as you're doing something positive, you good. 
And that's one thing they always appreciated about when I went back and never was to show off. It was like, yo, man, I really concerned about y'all. You know, I want to check in, see what's going on. How's your mom's doing? How's your pop doing? And, you know, that's one thing they was like, man, no matter what you did, man, you always came back to check on us. Like, yeah, man. I mean, y'all are a part of my success. And that's what I was told to Ronnie. I, my mental toughness came from them. So I'm not going to even act like, you know, I got here on my own because I didn't. Mm, I love I love how you said that because that's a pretty solid segue. I, I heard when you um didn't do too well mm-hmm. at the shooting, you mm-hmm. stuck at it. You stayed with it. You didn't just stop. You didn't quit. You got with people who knew what they were doing yep. and that, you know, helped propel you forward. And I also love the fact that, you know, you kept those relationships. You didn't um, and I was, it, it's, it's beautiful. Cause I was just speaking about something earlier on, on a, you know, a bonus podcast mm-hmm. episode. We do those mm-hmm. a lot as well. Cool. And just that, I, I think that's the number one killer for whether it be relationships, uh, business, pretty much any endeavor when mm-hmm. you quit or just stop doing it. That's, um, you know, that's like the, the, the killer, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You're right. You're <laughs> and right. yeah, like, wow, this I think this is just so amazing to go from, I say it again, literally from hood to goods. So it is. Like right. from Compton to the White House is a major shift. Yeah. Like, can you dive into step by step how that happened? Like, what did that look like? Well, like, because I know you went from, uh, you know, to the military. Yeah. Which is good. I, I advocate for the military. I myself actually am a... um. <laughs> military reject <laughs> I, I went right. to sign up and back then um they were a lot stricter on, on I, yeah i wanted to be in special forces and i had oh. too many tattoos and yeah man yeah, yeah. And now they take you with tattoos it's so crazy yeah it's, it's, it's weird you know but um let's not get too sidetracked okay yeah like how how did that like happened for you you know you went to the military i recommend going to the military for for a lot of people they may not agree with it but yeah what how did that like whole transition happen you know high school military white house (laughs) let's go there right so again graduated from compton high and right before i graduated it was so funny man some of the guys i was rapping with it's like yo man we're gonna make you know when the CD back then it was a record right yo we're gonna make this record man and it was like okay man i'm gonna wait but after a period of time, my brother got to go and start his life. So by the time I signed up for delayed entry, it was like, now nah, I'm gone for good. So I left in October of 84. They knocked on my mom's house around December 84. It was like, yo, is D around? They're like, oh, no, nah, he didn't join the army. It's like, ah, oh, we're about to cut the song. So my brother, they actually cut a song, man. Old school. If you ever look up the rec- uh, song Battle Ram? Um, that was the group that I was with. It was Toddy T and we were like the background dudes, right? And the battle ram was the thing they used to use to knock down, you know, the doors, you know, the play that was selling drugs. So we were going to be on the battle ram song, but, you know, it just didn't work out for me. But it was good because I had something else. So then during the Army, right, uh, went to Germany. And it's so funny when you're in the Army, you can do a lot of different jobs. So I signed up like HR, like I'm thinking, you know, I want to own my own business when I get out the Army. So let me do human resources. And I went to Germany, man. They put me in the post office. I'm like, okay, I can sell some stamps. I'm cool with that. They're like, no, no, no. You're going to be on the warehouse floor. You're going to be the dude that's offloading the trucks <laughs> with all the stamps, with all the p- boxes, right? Christmas boxes, all the crazy stuff that people ship. 
I was on the other end, man. So I was like, man, this is crazy. I ain't signed up for this. But again, Ronnie, I learned a valuable lesson. It was like, yo, if you got to offload trucks, yo, be the best truck offloader they've ever seen in the world. Like, yo, I'm like, I'm stamping Compton on this thing. Like, this is how we roll in Compton, right? Any task you give us, we're going to do it to the utmost. So they was like, dude, you're getting crazy up there with them boxes, man. What are you doing? I'm like, yo, that's just my motivation. It's like I took that angriness, Ronnie, and, and all that mad energy, and I just put it into offloading the trucks, right? It was like, I don't want to be here. This is what I signed up for, but I'm not going to mess it up either. So I started doing that, man, and went to a, you know, a couple of competition boards. I met this uh, senior ranking guy at the Star Major. He's like, yo, man, I like how you carry yourself. You know, let's talk when you get ready to leave. And I was supposed to go to Fort Hood, Texas, and this dude changed my orders to the Pentagon. And I didn't know, man. I'm young. I'm like, no, man, if you want to be a real soldier, you got to go to the real places. And he was like, nah, something special about you, right? Uh, I think you can make it in this. They call it a special assignment, right? Special assignment environment. Not everybody can get to that. And, you know, back then, you know, it definitely wasn't a lot of minorities in those type of assignments. So I see what he was trying to do. It's like, no, we need to diversify this thing and, you know, change it up. So once I realized what he was trying to do, then it was like another press. Like, okay, now I'm going to the Pentagon. So I really need to, like, come correct because I can't use my soldier skills. I got to be able to think, right? You know, you're still doing HR work, but you're in a different environment. Everybody around you got a degree. You don't have a degree. So it's like, how do I carry myself, man? So that was the thing I had to learn is, you know, adapt. Right. This is how they talking around here. Then I need to talk like that when I'm at work. <laughs> right. If this is what they're doing. Right. I need to do that. Not for me to like perpetrate something different, but it's like I need to open up the door. So somebody else got to, to come after me like, yo, we got to do that. Ronnie Jack, man, he reminded us of Darrell. That's my whole mindset was Ronnie. Like I got to make it right for somebody coming behind me. And then at the Pentagon, um, they had a recruiting team from the White House Communications Agency. And they were recruiting. It was on a Friday. And I tell you, Ronnie, I wasn't even trying to go to the White House. I honestly just wanted to get off of work that day. It was a Friday. And I mean, my boy was talking. I was like, man, if we go to this interview, like 10 o'clock, we can be off for the rest of the day, man. They're like a three-day weekend. Went to the interview, Ronnie. And my boy didn't make it, but I made it. And I was like, okay, what is it? What did I sign up for again? It's like, oh, man, I got to do some research on this because I had no clue this agency existed, man. So after that, you know, I went January 1990, and that's when I reported to the White House Communications Agency. And, you know, it's basically an organization that supports the president, vice president, Secret Service, White House staff, right? They provide all the comms equipment so they can do what they need to do. And once I got there, man, again, you know, saw a lot more people look like us. It was like, automatic like yo man tell me what i need to do to succeed around here because this is crazy right i mean i don't even know how i really got here but i just know that now that i'm here i gotta represent so show me how to do it and again ryan that's one of the things i tell the kids at the schools find you a mentor i don't care what you're trying to do where you're trying to go somebody has walked that step before and you find enough people and they know you serious they will help you out so everybody i reached out to right um, they were like, yo, man, just come see me next week. We can talk. And I sat down with every one of them cats, man. And they were all like, yo, make sure you do this. When you do your training, right? You just can't learn it. You got to learn it so well that you can teach somebody else because, you know, this is a high stress environment. We already under pressure. 
And when I got there, man, we had a commander, Ronnie. He was crazy, man. He was like, yo, if you make a mistake on the road, like you fired. Like we're going to, even though it took a while to get you in here with this clearance, we don't have time for mistakes. So it was a pressure back then, man. Cause people like, man, I don't even want to make a mistake because they're going to send me back to the regular army, Navy, air force Marines. So those first couple of years, man, it was a lot of pressure. And then two years after that, we got a new commander. And the first thing he did was like, yo, if you make a mistake, we are not sending you back to the service, right? That's too much pressure. Y'all don't need to be under that type of pressure. He was saying, but don't make the same mistake twice. <laughs> That's my only thing. So for me, you know, doing that, uh, again, reaching out to people that look like me, people that was already doing good at it. Because that's another thing too, Ronnie. Sometimes, man, we start hating on people because they look successful. And it's like, don't do that, right? Just go ask like, yo, man, how'd you start a podcast, Ronnie? Like, what did you do? What equipment did you get? How do you know to get that type of equipment? Go to the guys that's doing it and just learn from them. Because even though I might not want to start my own podcast, but Ronnie, I can learn a lot from you just from the fact that you, when you made up your mind to do a podcast, like what went through your mind? What were some of the thoughts? Who did you talk to? Right. Those lessons that you give me, Ronnie, man, that can help me in another part of life. So that's one thing I tell kids all the time. It's like, man, find you a mentor. Find out about their process. Don't look at the end result where he got the number one podcast around. Right. But find out what it took for him to get the number one podcast. Right, right. That's beautiful. I think um, it's more about the journey than it is the destination. Yes. And and like I'm I'm even uh, looking forward to the days to look back on these episodes. You guys can't see me right now. Thank God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, no. I got on a simple T-shirt. I'm just sitting on the couch uh, with, with, some, with some headphones on speaking to my brethren. And yeah, yeah. So if you ever go back for the future, Ronnie, I'm talking to you now. Like, That's right. That's song. right. Absolutely. <laughs> now, now you were um saying some things that I think a lot of listeners can um take some takeaways right there. And mm -hmm. one thing I, I even wrote it down is is I, I'm big on cliches. I think cliches are like um like the laws of life. They're so yeah. simple. Yeah but so easy to overlook because they're just so simple and you to go from warehouse special assignment at the Pentagon mm -hmm. to the white house. Um, you didn't even expect it. And one thing I thought of was luck favors the prepared, mm -hmm. uh, you do like the, how you handle one thing is how you handle everything. That warehouse yeah. job. A lot of people would have just said, man, I'm gonna just do enough just to get by. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I see that not just with, um, I see that with a lot of things. With That's life, Like a yeah. lot of coworkers, you know, just do just enough to get by. Yep. So I want you guys to like really hear that one. It's possible for anybody, um, you know, as long as you commit to it, lock in, get serious, mm -hmm. and you're also going to find people that's willing to help you out. So uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. There's people yes. out there. That yes. will assist. Now, um, Darrell, you run a company, right? Uh, can you tell us about that? AllianceSeminars.org? Yeah, man. About it? Yeah, man. So Alliance Seminars coaching, right, is what we do. And one thing I did, Ronnie, man, uh, everything that I learned in the military, I would always try to find a way to bring it back to the streets, bring it back to the community. Right. So um, even while I was in the military, I was a youth worker 
right? Youth eventually became a youth minister, and then I was a youth pastor. So, you know, when you're dealing with kids, man, they for real. They're like, man, you know, is this dude for real? Or he just phony, right? So anything I learned in the in the army, man, I would try to bring that back. So, like, you know, the army is big on leadership, right? And I always tell people, man, that's not a problem in the world that can't be solved with leadership. I just believe that to my heart. So all the training that I got, it was like, man, what am I going to do with this? Because, man, this is like some good stuff. People pay like $10,000, man, to get this type of training that the Army give you for free. So uh, when me and my wife got together, it was like, yo, you know, I'm big into giving back. She's big into giving back. She grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. So it was kind of like, what can we do? So since I was already a youth worker, right, one thing in the military, Ronnie, like they always build they call it coalitions, right? You don't just go into any type of war by yourself, right? You talk to the French, you talk to whoever, and they even again, the services, you right? You do joint stuff together. So my thing was, what if I can build this coalition right here in the Maryland area, find these other youth workers, right? But like, yo, Ronnie, I know you run the youth over in Laurel, right? What do you do that's good, man? What do you need? And then if I knew somebody that was in another part of Maryland, I was like, yo, you need to go talk to Ronnie, man, because Ronnie is good at fundraising, right? And then you need to go talk to so-and-so because, you know, they're good at getting parents to help out. And we just started just building this coalition around the area, man. We ended up calling it the Alliance Youth Network. It's like everybody that's working with youth, like we would meet once a quarter. And it was so funny, Ronnie, because people's pastors was like, yo, what is this group? And what are they trying to do? Are they trying to take my members? Like, what are you talking about, man? It ain't even about church, man. We're trying to, like, help the kids on the streets, man. And if I got resources, I want to share those resources. So, basically, the company was about just helping people, man. I work with the um, the young guys. My wife worked with the young ladies. And then we kind of stepped it up. And um, we got certified as a life coach. And then my pastor, she was like, yo, we got a lot of uh, problems going on with these marriages, which is affecting the kids. So my thing was I already worked with the kids at their level. And I used to always tell them, like, sometimes kids are just a reflection of society and what's going on in their house. They're not bad. They're trying to cope. And so she asked me and my wife to, you know, work with the couples and do this little couples Bible study. So we started doing that. So from helping other kids, helping couples, my leadership in the army, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put this company together, not to make money, Ronnie, I mean, I still have a regular government job, but this company is solely for helping people. Yeah, you know, people pay us, but it ain't like we're trying to get rich off of it. It's like, yo, man, we really want to help your marriage. We really want to help you be a better leader, right? That's what we do. the speaking part of the business, right? I go to a lot of places, Ronnie, they're like, yeah, we really want to get you to come speak, but we can't afford you. Because they think I'm like, you know, one of these guys, you know, Les Brown or, you know, some of the other big time speakers because they see my background. I'm like, no, 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 no. Grew up in Compton, went to the army, worked at the White House, but, you know, I want to speak to kids. So if you don't have money, that is not an issue. And if you do, Use it for something else because I love to give back. This is my way of paying it forward, Ronnie. I had a teacher, man, um, taught me how to type. And um, one thing she told me was, you know, she didn't say if, Ronnie. She said, when you make it, I need you to come back to confident and talk to some of these kids. So I used to send her a picture like, you know, y'all can't see, you know, me and Ronnie, like he said, this is audio. But I got a picture of the White House in the background. I used to get a lot of these pictures 
And I would send them back to my teacher and she put them up on her wall in her classroom because, again, she's trying to tell them to, you know, like Ronnie's shirt, be a dreamer. Right. You can go anywhere. Your talent can take you anywhere as long as you have the right discipline. So I would send these pictures of the White House back to the teacher and they would be like, man, why are you printing all these pictures out of a magazine? You don't know nobody in the White House, Miss Ferguson. <laughs> and she was like, that's all right. That's all right. When he come to town, I hope you're around so he can talk to you. So whenever I did an L.A. trip, because I used to travel with President Clinton, um, I would like make sure it's a day in there. I got to go to Compton. I got to go visit Compton High, even if it's just for two hours. Right? I got to get back, man. So, you know, my company was basically my way of giving back. My wife, she works with women. And again, that's just the way we feel. Like we've been so blessed. It's like we can't just keep this to ourselves. Now it's like, who else can we go help? And that's kind of what the company is about. Mm, I love it. So, you guys, I hope you caught that. It, it's, what it has evolved into isn't the way it started. It started true. with just making connections. Hey, you're good at this. Um, speak to this person. He's good mm -hmm. at that. And it just evolved, man. And I want you guys to really take away to start where you are. Yep. If you've got a dream, if you got something that you want to pursue, just go for it, man. And, and mm -hmm. the, the steps are going to kind of iron itself out uh, eventually, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I also want to invite you guys. Remember, you can go to allianceseminars.org. A lot of good stuff up there. I checked the site out. Um, Darrell, are you, you, you still give the 30-minute uh, consultation? Is that... <laughs> Yeah, man, because that's that life coach piece with me, right? Where sometimes, you know, we just get stuck, man. And one thing I love about the military is like there's always a way to, you know, get to where you're trying to go to, but it just may take a different path. So that's one thing with my wife and I, when we do the life coach piece, you know, it was like for some people, they may be ready. Sometimes they may not, but that's okay. But we can still do that 30 minute free session. And even if nothing comes out of that for the two of us, at least that gives you a little bit to work on as you move forward. Because I tell you, man, there's a lot of people out there that can help you, right? I'm not the only guy, but I try to point you to other guys. And I'm real big on there's somebody in your neighborhood. Trust me, there's somebody close by. Because to me, it's one thing to have somebody kind of far, but it's another thing when you got somebody close to you. Because then they can really, like, check up on you. Like, yo, I know we talked last week, you know, what's going on, right? Because you need, I call it that accountability partner, right? somebody in the army we call a battle buddy right this is the guy that no matter what you do good bad right you missing the mark they're gonna be like yo come on Durrell, man you said you're gonna do this now come on man let's get this thing right you need that battle buddy man because you know normally it's somebody around you and you see it even in the movies right i'm a big movie guy right there's always that one person that's like that's my man right there like no matter what i go through he always got my back and that's how it is in life, man. It's good to have that one dude or that one young lady that got your back right back. You know, when nobody else believed in me, you know, it was mom and my man, <laughs> you know. And you need right. that sometimes because life is hard. Absolutely. No question. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm <laughs> hold on. I'm just no, take it out. We good. <laughs> plenty of time. Plenty of time. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great that um that have that accountability partner, yeah, that man. battle, that battle buddy, yeah. And I'm, I'm aware of one of the best decisions being who you 
select as a wife. You um you and your wife run this company together, correct? Yo, you guys do yes, like relationship counseling. And yeah, it's that's not something that you find every day where a uh, husband and wife can work together and, and right. something that they're passionate about, not even entirely about money. It's just like, yo, I'm actually making a change. And yeah, um, this is a question I used to ask all the time. I, I used okay. to ask all my guests, but I, I, I stopped. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, how did you guys meet? Like, where did you meet your wife? How did that like, can you tell us that story a little bit? Yeah. Oh, as man. the audience grew, I, I used to see just men checking out my podcast. Now I okay. see um, we got some women up there. So I didn't want to <laughs> just ask, you know. But if you could share that um, with us, that'd be awesome. I think that's very cool. Hey, man, no problem, man. So, again, my wife, and again, I don't know if you want a female guest in the future, but she's from hood to good, too. My wife grew up in Compton, right? She grew up on another side of town. Uh, so we actually went to middle school and high school together. But we never dated, right? We just kind of hung around the same people. And I went back to my 10-year reunion, and um, she was there with other people, right? I wasn't going there to see her or nothing. And, you know, as you start talking to different people, you're like, oh, wow, you go to church? Oh, I go to church, right? You know, you do this. I You work with kids. I work with kids. So it was just one of those general conversations, and nothing happened. And then... Um, I remember I was in a relationship and then once that kind of like dissolved, I was kind of like, yo, I'm just going to like keep to myself, right? Focus on like me in the army. And matter of fact, I know I was getting ready to go to Korea for a year. Right. And then I was hanging one of my boys like, yo, man, would you come in, stay with me? And then you can save your money. So when you come back from Korea, man, you can buy your, you know, a little crib. I'm like, yo, man, I appreciate that. So while me and him were staying together, Right. Start calling, um, you know, just different friends, like checking up on people. And then um, my wife, Veronica, was just one of those people. I would just check in like, yo, I know it's been a minute. Just seeing how you're doing in California, how you're working out with the kids, you know, because she worked with little kids. And at that time, I worked with teenagers and we just started talking, Ronnie, man. And after a while, it was so crazy. Right. Because I wasn't looking to get in a relationship because I knew I was going to Korea I was like, yo, man, quit thinking about it like that. Don't even think that way, right? Just, you know, kick that stuff out your mind because you can't be having her waiting on you while you go to Korea. That ain't right. And my boy, man, he was like, yo, this one from Inglewood. He was like, yo, man, where is she the one? I'm like, the one for what? I was like, yo, I'm getting ready to go to Korea. You know that. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but what if she the one, though, man? You know, I mean, and I was like, Mac, come on, man. That, that can't be right, right? What? And plus, I'm in Maryland. She in California. That's 3,000 miles away. Like, I don't know. Nobody had a long distance relationship that ever worked. But what happened, Ronnie, man, the more we started talking, you know, the more we start, you know, having things in common. And it was like, you know, like, you're not sure, right? Because you don't get your feelings hurt. So you're like, if the possibility came when you had to move <laughs> to the East Coast. in it, right? Oh, <laughs> super easy in it. Ease like, right into that old slick moves. <laughs> it was. It was like, would that even be something that you would entertain? Uh, because I knew when I was coming back from Korea, I was coming back to the D.C. area. So it wasn't like I was going to go anywhere else. Like, I'm coming here. And she was in California her whole life. So it wasn't like, you know, I didn't want to, like, bring her all out here and it wasn't going to work. But she told me, she was like, you know what? I'm ready to do life differently. I'm ready to change it up. 
And one thing I did, Ronnie, man, because, you know, I was real serious. Like, you know, you really know, you know what this Army thing is like, even though I'm going back to the White House, but it's still a lot of travel involved. And I knew, uh, you know, travel is hard on a lot of relationships. And that's Army and the business, sports. It don't matter, right? If you travel a lot, you know, and your wife is not really mentally ready for that, that can be devastating, man. So one thing I did, Ronnie, I, I, you know, I bought her a ticket to come to Korea. And I was like, hey, you know, I want you to really see what this thing is like, right? And uh, so she came out to Korea for like two weeks. It was like during Thanksgiving. And I was like, you know, take them to a different place. Like, yo, this is what the army is like. You know, see them dudes, right? Walking with those weapons, like this thing is real. And I just need you to know that even though I'm not going to be carrying the weapons in D.C., but I'm going to be doing a lot of travel, right? We still got uniforms, PT, so I got to get up early in the morning, so it ain't like I'm be getting up, eating, having coffee with you. It's like I got to get up, leave like old dark thirty, go do my PT, get dressed at the job. I just need to make sure you okay with this because I don't want to like you know paint any type of scenarios where, where you ain't tell me it's gonna be all that. Ronnie, I put it all out there. I was like, hey, if you can't get with it, I'm cool with that. Because first of all, being in military ain't for everybody, and being a military spouse ain't meant for everybody either. And she was like, nope, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm up for the task. I'm, I'm good with it. So halfway through my tour in Korea, well, let me back up. Right before um, I bought her a ticket to come to Korea, I proposed to her, right? And um, said, we'll get married next year, right? Because I still wanted to give her that out. Like, you know, you might be waiting and be like, nah, this is still too much, right? You left the back door open. <laughs> I did, Ronnie, man. I'm serious. Because I was like, you know, I just didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I ain't got time for all that stuff. And uh, she was still good with it. So when I came back from halfway through, when you're on a short tour, like Korea, you get to go back for like 30 days, kind of debrief, you know, get, you know, your bearing together, you know, because it's stressful, right? So instead of me going back to D.C., I went back to California and we did the first part of our marriage counseling. So that's why, I did, you know, she wanted counseling. I wanted counseling because I want to do this thing right. Because, you know, my mom and dad, they were together while I was in school. But eventually they ended up uh, getting a divorce. And I saw how that affected my younger brother and sister. I was like, man, I don't want that, you know, to be on anybody. I, I want to, you know, try to break that cycle. So um, we went back, did marriage counseling. I went back to Korea for the last five months. And then when I finished, instead of going straight to D.C., I went back to California we did the second part of our marriage counseling. And then after that, we got married. And then we drove cross country back to D.C. And that was cool, man, because some of the stuff you think you know about people, you don't really know. But if you're going to drive 3,000 miles, you're going to talk about every topic in the world. Like, yo, what was mm -hmm. it like to you? You know, what's your favorite this? You know, why would you, you know, what did you like about Compton? And all? I mean, we talked about everything. So by the time we got to Maryland, man, I was like, it ain't too much I don't know about her. It ain't too much you don't know about me. Now we can just get this life thing together. Um, but one thing I want to tell your female audience, man, is, you know, sometimes even for the brother, we get so caught up in trying to look for the right person. And for me, man, I found out for me, what helped me was I just had to practice being the right person. It was like, I ain't even looking for the right person. Let me just work on me. And if I can be the right person, then maybe I'll find somebody right, that I can do do life with, because to me, there is no perfect marriage, even though my wife and I, we've been married 23 years in September, but um, 
there are no perfect marriages. You know, it's about being having a healthy marriage, right? Can you dialogue? Can you talk? Can you agree to disagree? But, you know, a lot of that wasn't me trying to change her. It wasn't about her trying to change me. It was like, what about myself can I change that's going to help our relationship grow? You know, what about me can I change that when we do have kids, uh, maybe they can see something different and not, you know, what society be trying to show you. Like, you know, you can get in and out of marriage anytime you want. Like, man, I want to teach my kids like that, man. I want them to like, you know, dad, you know, he, you know, he's, you know, stood the test of time, right? You know, they weren't perfect, but you know what? He he dealt with issues a different way. And I just wanted to be one of them guys, man. So that's one thing when I picked her, and she, or either she picked me, however you want to look at it, it was like, how do we do life together, right? What's your goal? That's one thing we tell people too, right? When we do relationship counseling, it's like, what's your goal for your marriage? They're like, well, what do you mean? We want to get married, right? They're like, nah, that's just an act. <laughs> you need to have a goal for your marriage. It's like you have a goal for your life. Like, what do you want your marriage to look like in five years, 10 years? It's like, yo, I can't think that far. I said, no, you can't, but you can dream that far, right? Dreams don't have an expiration date. So what if you start dreaming right now? What do you, what would you want your marriage to look like? Then they say, well, nice house, nice job, two kids. All right, got it. So take it from there. What could you do to prepare yourself to have kids? Right. What can you do to prepare yourself for that, you know, different job? And then you start kind of like walking it backwards, Ronnie, like, OK, the job is there. But what are some of those steps I need to take if I go backwards? Right. Get my resume together. Find a mentor find maybe some type of training, right? If I want to be a teacher, let me find some other teachers in my district, right? And it's like, yo, I think I want to be a teacher in a couple of years. What do I need to do? Like, oh, you need to get a teacher's license. You need to do this. You probably want to practice being a substitute, right? Just start backing that goal up and do those little things. So then when you do, like you just said earlier, man, the opportunity presents itself. It's like, oh, I already was a substitute. <laughs> I already took the state test. Right. Already did X, Y, Z. So I'm ready for this next level. And that's just how we try to help people, man. And um, again, all those things are just prepping yourself. And again, for me in the marriage, it wasn't trying to be looking for the right person. Because First of all, I wasn't even right, Ronnie. I had a bunch of flaws. Right. I had a big ego, man. You know, in the military, we always think we right. <laughs> so I had to like learn, like, man, I can't treat my wife like, you know, no, I already said this. This is how it's going to be. I had to change up like, you know what? That's how I want to do it, but what you think? But that wasn't easy, Ronnie. I had to learn that from other mentors, right? That was in the military that had, you know, good marriages. And I would be like, yo, man, tell a brother what y'all did to be married, you know, 20, 30, you know, that, you know, 35 years. And they would tell me some stuff. It's like, yeah, that's the opposite of what society is saying. You know that, right? <laughs> and they was like, mm -hmm. yeah, man, but you don't want to have a marriage like society. You want to have a marriage that's for you. And I, you know, it took me a lot to, it's almost Ronnie. I had to relearn some stuff, right? It was like, right. this is what I normally want to say, but based on what, you know, Sergeant Major Ronnie told me, I need to take a step back. I need to ask her for her opinion. And sometimes, even if I don't think it's going to work, Right. It's like I still need to like, oh, you know what? Let's do it your way. Not trying to like throw it in her face if it don't, but build that trust. And the same thing she did with me, like some of the stuff I said it was crazy. Right. But she was like, we'll try it. And then when it didn't work, she'd be like, OK, baby, so that one didn't work. How about we try it this way? And it was like, you know what? 
I should listen to you the first time. My bad. You know, I'm, I'll try to do better. I never said I wouldn't because I always made, you know, a lot of missteps along the way in 23 years. But the intent was there, Ryan. That was the whole thing. It's like, you know, my intent is I really want us to be happy. I want us to have something different. And there's another thing, Ronnie, too, man. Like, one of my goals for my marriage is like, I want other kids that I was working with in my ministry to see like what a healthy marriage could look like. Cause you know, man, some, some kids when we grow up, they didn't have both parents in the household, right? And um, you know, if they did, it still wasn't healthy. So one of the corny things we used to do, Ronnie, and we still do every now and then, when we used to go on these youth retreats and take these kids, you know, for three day weeks or whatever, into these big events where there's a lot of other kids there. Like me and my wife, like if it was like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we would always dress alike. So she had on blue, I rock blue. She had on red, I'd rock red. And some of the other adults was like, okay, you don't take all that in the marriage. You know, y'all don't have to be dressed like, but Ronnie, they didn't know our purpose. Our purpose wasn't, right, to show anything to the adults. It was to show mm-hmm. these kids like, yo, man, this is just how lockstep we trying to be. I said, don't get me wrong. I still mess up, right? I still, you know, make mistakes. But my mistakes are just that. It's something temporary. You're right. I want to show her that I'm in for the long haul. That was the whole point, Ronnie. It was like, I just want y'all to like, man, I've seen this couple for three straight days dress alike. That's crazy. I mean, it's something simple, but some of them never saw that before, man. Right. And I remember one of the youth pastors that was there and we did this little session with all the youth workers, like, you know, how to make us better. And he held me and my wife back after he talked to all the youth work. He said, y'all need to talk to y'all and y'all family. I'm like, oh, man, did one of my kids mess up? Did they do something, right? And uh, I never forgot, man, his name was Harvey Carey. He said, hey, I just want to let you know that, you know, I've been watching y'all, you know, through this weekend, and I definitely noticed how y'all been dressing like. And he was like, yo, keep doing that. He was like, kids need to see what right can look like. He said, some people might think it's corny. Some people might think, you know, take all that. He said, but you don't know the seed that you plant in a kid's mind and say, you know what? I remember this couple back in Virginia that, man, they used to dress alike. They talk nice to each other, right? They didn't raise their voice. I didn't even know that could exist. But now I know that there is a possibility that that can exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you have it. How <laughs> the realm met his bride. You know, thank <laughs> you. I, yeah. And I, I find that that common. Um, when you when you stop like searching for it, it, yes. it kind of gets placed in your lap, and not there just go. stop searching for it, like and and just going about your day. When you stop searching for that other half and start searching for your purpose, it That's um it, just, just kind of just kind of falls in your lap. And with so much skin in the game, mm-hmm. um, twenty plus years, um. 20 plus year military career. It was 20 mm-hmm. plus, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. 20 years. Um, becoming an expert. Cause I see you touched on purpose, you know, being great at what you do, no matter how small. Yep. Um, touched on relationship with your bride, you know, making those connections with people, but you also train leaders. Can you um tell us like what makes a leader great in your in your words? Oh, man. Now you talk about my favorite thing to talk about, Roddy. I love leadership, man. I'm My wife, man, I was telling somebody the other day on another podcast, man, sometimes we can't even go to the movie together because she's like, she's watching the movie for the movie. And I'm looking at it, Roddy, like, are you taking notes now? I'm taking notes in the movie mentally like, yo, 
I saw how he did that from a leadership perspective. I got to use that right. in, in the future because I, I'm telling you, man, if you just pause and look, man, leadership is in everything, man, whether it's sports, music, uh, entertainment, man, business, leadership is like underrated, right? And it's like, man, when you start capitalizing on leadership, you can capitalize on a whole lot of stuff. So people always ask me like, yo, well, first of all, what is your definition of leadership? And I love one of the army definitions from a long time ago, right? Leadership is a process, man, um, of influencing others as you provide motivation, direction, and purpose to achieve a common goal. That's my definition of leadership, man. Process of influencing others while providing motivation, direction, and purpose to achieve a common goal. So everything in my life, man, revolves around that statement. It's like, right, who can I influence today? Not that I'm trying to influence them, but if somebody bump into me in the hallway, right, what can I do? What can I say to influence that person, right? Um, motivation. Who can I motivate today? So first of all, I can't motivate somebody else if I'm not motivated. So every day when I wake up, man, try to read a scripture, right? There's this thing called the daily bread that I read. And then after I read the scripture, I read the daily bread, I pray. And then like for me, man, um, like I told you, man, I'm, I'm in a rap. So I got into gospel rap many years ago. So every morning, my wife would tell you, man, I got this gospel rap station I listen to. I crank it up every morning when getting ready to go because my mind is already set. Like, yo, man, this music is going to motivate me. I'm hype. I'm ready to take over the world. Yeah, You're so going to have to share that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And uh, so when I go to work, man, I'm already hype. Like, people, like, drink coffee, right? I never forget, Ron, this dude was like, yo, when you leave this man's military, two things you're going to do. You're going to either smoke or you're going to drink coffee. So I just took that as a challenge. Like, man, nobody tell me what to do, man. I said, matter of fact, since you said it, I'm purposely not going to smoke. I'm purposely not going to drink coffee. And to this day, man, 55 years old, man, don't smoke, don't drink coffee. And people are like, but how do you move in the morning, man? You need something to get you going, right? You doing PT, 530 in the morning. I'm like, yo, man, I play my gospel rap. When I'm in my car, man, it's like booming. And that just hyped me up. So when I get to the PT field, I'm ready to go. So even now when I go into the office, I'm ready to go. And they're like, man, that's crazy, right? I'm like, that's what I use to motivate me. So you got uh, influencing others, motivation, right? And then the direction and the purpose. If I meet somebody that day and they feel like, man, I'm stuck or, you know, my boss ain't treat me right. Okay, well, what direction can you go in next, right? We can't control your boss, but what can you do differently to move you in a different direction, Right. And then the last piece of it is purpose, man. I always ask about, you know, why are you doing what you're doing, right? Do you love this job? You know, what do you really want to do? I had this one young lady used to work for me. She used to do, um, like, process awards, right? People that do good, they get some at the end of their tour. And she was miserable. And I was like, you know, why are you so, like, like miserable? Like, what's wrong with you? Come to find out, Ronnie, her background was finance. And when she joined the government, she thought she was just going to do the awards piece for a minute and then cross over to finance, but it never happened, right? Talking about leadership, right? The leaders never took time to really like find out what's your purpose, what do you really want to do? So I just took that and like, um, what, do you, what do you want to do? And she was like, I want to do in finance. I want to work in finance. That's my degree. I didn't know how to do that in the government, like find different people to move jobs. So I started doing my research. 
talk to different people, man, build that network like I did with the youth workers. Like start meeting with people like, yo, what if somebody had a degree in finance, but they wasn't working in finance? Like, how could they make that switch? And then they start telling me about this thing called a rotation, right? You can sign this paperwork and they can go work and rotate to this new place for about six months, get some experience underneath their belt. And then after that, they can put in for a job. And then with that degree and that little bit of experience, they have a better chance. So I did that with her, Ronnie, man. And she ended up getting the job, went over, switched over to finance, met somebody that was disgruntled like her. And she came to my office, man, and apologized. I was like, what are you talking about? I thought, you got a new job. You good. She's like, yeah, but I saw what I used to do to you <laughs> over where I'm at now. And I just want to apologize and say, I'm sorry for bringing you all that grief. I said, man, I never took that personal, <laughs> man, because I knew you had a purpose. And it was up to me as a leader to figure out your purpose and match you to that. Right. And I told her, so if you want to you know, pay me back, pay it forward. Right. Any job you have moving forward, you find somebody that's a little disgruntled. Don't just look on the surface of they're a bad employee or they having a bad day. Go deeper and like what's really going on? Because sometimes, Ronnie, we got so much going on in our personal life that it affects our professional life. Right. But the, but the good leaders, Ronnie, they take the time. They like, yo, Ronnie, I know you don't trust me yet, but when you're ready to talk, I'm here. Right. I just want to let you know that, man, I care about you, the person, not Ronnie, the podcast dude is making me money. Right. It's like I really want you to right. be successful because here's the, the, the real deal. Right. If your podcast is successful and I'm sponsoring you, I'm going to be successful anyway. So to me, it only makes sense for me to invest in you from a leader perspective because it's going to help both of us. Right. And I'm not trying to be right. greedy. Right. I'm going to try to like, you know, take your business from you or replace you. It's like, no, I want Ronnie to be the best podcast dude out there because if he's happy and he's motivated, then guess what? It gets to that last piece, Ronnie. We're both achieving that common goal. Right. You ain't trying to take the church members. No. You ain't trying to steal the church members. I don't even care. Check it out, Ronnie. I don't even want your church members because to me, the kids are better anyway because the kids, at least I know they're honest. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, kids are brutally honest too. They are, man. But I love that about them because as long as you don't say stuff that's not true, like if you can't be like, yo, man, I told y'all I was going to try to come to your game, but I got to travel next week. Just tell them up front. And then they're like, I got you, Mr. Durrell. I'll see you the next time. I'm like, yo, man, you know, keep sending me your schedule because I am going to go see you play, but I just can't go next week. So, anyway, that's just one of those things, man, from a leadership perspective. I love leadership. Of everything you do in life, you pause, man. There's some type of leadership stuff going on in that situation. Mm, solid right there. Solid, man. And I love what you guys are doing. Reminder is go check it out. Alliance Seminars, seminars, plural.org. Yep. Um, yep. You guys have the Facebook page, you know, and I want to thank you for the work that you put in because I know from experience, it's some things you can't fake. You know, it's like when you really not in it uh, for for the bag just to get people dollars. Yeah. When you're when you're doing things for free, because I even uh, checked. Um, man, you you out there doing a lot of free work um, yeah. before this this even started, man. And yeah. I just want to thank you uh, wholeheartedly. You know, and and that you continue to keep doing that work and. Um, we 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 approaching the hour now. I, yes, I, yeah. I always try to be respectful, um, but I want to end with two questions. And okay, 
the first one, I know it's a lot of people out there um, that have given up. They pretty much lost hope. They um, feel like, like, why even try? They're ready to throw in a towel. They're ready to just be like a lot of people even committing suicide now. Yep. Yep. Um, but I believe that there are also a lot of good hearts out there and a lot of people that genuinely want to help. If mm-hmm. you have a few words you could share for those people out there in particular, man, that, that'd that be awesome. Nah, man, no problem. I do this a lot. And one thing I tell people, um, you know, try, wanting to give up. I mean, that's not even like you said, Ryan, that's not even a hood thing, man. There's people in the military after they get out, they don't know how to cope. Uh, we still have a high rate of suicide of veterans, man, because of that same situation. It's just they feel like there's nothing out there. I can't find a job. Uh, I'm dealing with this PTSD. Nobody won't give me a job. And they're taking their lives, man. So a lot of that stuff you start finding out, it's a common denominator amongst anybody in society. I don't care who you are, old, young. When you feel like there's no hope, that's one of those options that come in front of you. But one thing I try to share with people, Ronnie, is and if you feel like that, and I know, right, you feel like you're at the end of your rope. Um, I always tell people, I heard this old gospel song, man. It's true, man. You get that rope, tie a knot in that joker, and hang on a little bit longer, right? But don't just hang on there. Try to look at some other different scenarios. Like, okay, I might have tried A through B or A through F, right? But what about G through M, right? What is it out there that I haven't tried yet? You know, I always tell people, man, just keep looking, keep searching. I know a lot of people, right, they're kind of hating on the church. But I would all say, man, go back and check out your local church, man. Normally, there's a couple of cats in there, right? they like really seriously, like they want to help, man. That's why they in there. It's like, you know, we're supposed to be a beacon of light for the community. If you haven't been to church in a minute, don't worry about, oh, man, I ain't been there since Easter and Mother's Day. They're going to talk about me. Man, don't let that stuff get in the way. Man, everybody know, I don't care what neighborhood you're from, there's like this old lady, whether she's in the community, she's in the right. church, they always around, Ronnie. They're like, oh, baby, come over here. Let me let me, let me give you some of this candy, right? Here, let me give you this gum. <laughs> I've met ladies like that all over the world, Ronnie. They exist. And those people, you go to them, but like, yo, Mother Sherman, what's going on? Like, baby, what's going on? Mother Sherman, I can't even find a job right now. You know, brother just feel like I'm at the end of the rope. Man, don't you know Mother Sherman would say, hold up, baby, let me make some phone calls, right? Give me your number again. The Mother Shermans of the world, they would reach out to the Father Shermans and be like, yo, we need to find this young man a job. We need to help this young lady who feels like she don't have nowhere to stay. And enough people get involved, man. They will reach out and say, hey, I can't do much, but call this number, right? I don't have a job to give you, but call this place. So I say that to say, you know, reach out to other resources that you might not have thought about, whether it's the church, a community organization, there's always something around you, but sometimes we don't do a good job of the connection, Ronnie. We don't advertise it enough, right? And then sometimes you might be in your car and you'd be like, man, I heard this stupid um, advertisement all week and I never paid attention to it. And now all of a sudden I'm paying attention. Like, man, I think they offer the same service that I need. Man, let me call this crazy number, man. And, and sure enough, that might be life's way of just showing you like, yo, I was here for you. You weren't ready and that's okay but I was always going to be here when you came back. 
because that's how serious this is. So I would just say, look around to those resources that you haven't used yet. Um, people that you feel like, you know, they're going to judge you. Okay, you can't talk to them, but find somebody else, right? That's not right. going to judge you because there's a body out there, like you said, Ronnie, I've seen it. It's a lot of good people that really want to help. And here's the other thing, Ronnie, I tell people too, man, uh, know that you were put on this earth for a purpose. And sometimes, Ronnie, I tell people, everything that you are going through was meant to build you up. So when you get to that journey, like you said, Ronnie, it's not about a destination. As you're on that journey, you're going to look back like, oh, man, I remember that time when this didn't happen. I remember when I lost my job. I remember when I lost my apartment. I had to move in with my cousin for a couple of months. All those things just make you feel better when you do get to where you're going. You're like, man, I'm going to value this job because I know what it's like not to have a job, right? I'm going to value my son because I know what it's like not to have a father, right? I'm going to value my daughter because I know what it's like to have somebody around and they're talking about, you know, you you ain't going to be nothing, right? You're going to be just like your mama or whatever it is. Like you value those crazy days and say, I'm not going to treat my daughter like that. I'm going to treat her like a queen, don't worry about comparing yourself to other people, right? Because I used to have that problem too, Ryan. It's like, man, I can't get to my kids, even though I had a successful life, but I don't make a lot of money and I don't have enough to get to my kids. But I had to somebody remind me, don't compare yourself to other people, compare yourself to yourself. Man, Jeez. what were you like last Sunday, June 20th? Are you better June 27th than you were June 20th? Hey, then you're good. And just keep looking at it like that every day moving forward. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's 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 a blessing, man. It's a blessing to have people like you on this earth, man, who just sincere with it, who um really mean what they say. And, and I'm loving it. Um, can you tell people how to find you um, other than just the website? Do you have like a, a, a page or Instagram, things of that nature? Social media is big out there now. I know, man. And y'all got to forgive a brother because like I said, I'm old school, 55 years old. Um, it's a miracle that I'm still I'm actually on Facebook and I actually have a website because I'm not tech savvy I know one day I'll probably meet somebody that's going to like yo man you helped me out so much let me hook up your website for free and I'm like oh I'm good for right now but uh, those pretty much the two things I'm on and it's funny you say that Ronnie because when I got into this business people like yo you got to do this you got to do that if you don't get this you ain't going to get a lot of clients but I think they mistake what me and my wife is doing by trying to make a lot of money. And one of our mentors said, yo, if you really out there trying to help people, they're going to find you. And Ronnie, yeah. you and I are a perfect example of that. I didn't know about, only thing I said was last, I took this training to help out a friend because he wants to launch his training business. And I was like, yo man, you and I had the same type of training, but if you need practice, practice on me. And Ronnie, he was even his training. And one of the things he said, man, he was like, if you got a business, if you got a marriage, if you got, you know, kids or whatever, what's one thing you can do this next year that you didn't do last year that can make you better? And I was like, man, I wasn't trying to get into his class like that, Ronnie. I just wanted to support a brother, but he got me deep on that one, man. So I went back to my wife. I said, hey, you know what? We got this business, but we don't do any marketing at all, right? We just have it out there. If we run across somebody, we help them. But if not, no big deal. So this year, one of my goals was I need to do better at marketing. And uh, people are going to the website now. And I'm like, man, this is like crazy, right? But it's a crazy good 
um, because again, if you're doing it for the right reasons, uh, things are going to line up. That's why I love your question you asked, Ronnie, about you know, what would you share with somebody? Because everybody needs to hear about hope, man. And I don't care who you are. You know, you get a day where you're like, man, I don't have enough of X. What can I do to make it better? And sometimes you get those thoughts, like giving up, you know, whatever, and you can't give up. Right. It's just too many other people out there that's going to depend on you that you don't even people that you haven't even met yet. And that's what's so crazy about life, man. And you stay in this thing long enough. You're like, man, I never would have met you. Right. If I would have moved back to Chicago, if I would have moved back to Atlanta, man, I'm glad I stuck it out another three more months because, you know, meeting you, man, I found this job. I'm doing this now. And um, it's just amazing how life can do that for you. Mm, yeah, it's amazing, man. Luck favors are prepared, <laughs> like we were saying mm-hmm. earlier, man. It's it's just beautiful. I'm happy to have met you, and um, yeah, we we will definitely chop it up in the future. I'm looking sure. forward to that. Sure. I'm looking forward to that. Away. So, um, Darrell, thank you for your time. I got one last question. Sure, sure. Well, but but for you, because man, it sometimes I'm 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 just going to be a little transparent here. Mm-hmm. Um, although helping people is awesome, um, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I like to end it off on a little fun side. Okay. You know? Cool. 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 <laughs> so, um, I, I usually just say, what do you do for fun? Get some gems, you know, some, oh, yeah. some takeaways, but for you, this one is going to be special for you. You could either tell us what you do for fun okay. or bust around. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to do both, right? So, so what I do for fun, man, I am a huge West Coast sports fan, man. I'm talking Las Vegas Raiders, Lakers, Dodgers, USC Trojans, man. And it's so funny, man, being out here on the East Coast, right? I'm like always going up against Cowboy fans and Ravens fans and Redskins fans. But I love to chop it up with the boys, man, because I'm like, yo, my team did this, my team did that. And, man, I'm a huge fantasy football, man. I play in, like, three leagues. I don't just do one, man. I love fantasy football. So uh, one of my leagues, I won a championship this year, so I'm talking much trash, right, because I know next year's start. (laughs) I got to start from the bottom again. But, um, yeah, man. Love fantasy football, man. Love it, love it, love it. Love the Raiders. And uh, even though my Lakers got put out the playoffs, I'm still watching the NBA. So I'm a huge sports fan, man. I love you got? sports. Man, I, I'm thinking, man, it might be um, Phoenix and Milwaukee, man. They're looking kind of strong right now. And um, even a lot of people are like, man, I ain't watching this. Brooklyn ain't in it. Lakers ain't in it. But like, nah, man, I'm a true sports fan. So I'm going to watch Every game, you know, I might not be able to see the whole game, but I'm catching all the highlights because I'm a huge sports fan. And like you said, man, no matter what you're doing in life, you have to find a way to relax. And uh, that's one of my things, man. I'm, I'm, I'm huge into sports, man. I just love sports. Now, now you need me to throw on the beat. <laughs> so, again, y'all know it's been many years, so I don't have a whole lot of any original stuff at all. But my favorite rapper growing up, man, as a matter of fact, my alarm is set to this dude when I wake up in the morning, man. So as soon as my alarm go off, man, the drum beat kick, man. And they say, you know, all I hear is been a long time. 
I shouldn't have left you. But brought a song rhyme to step to. Think of how many weak shows you slept through. Time's up. Sorry I kept you. This is how it should be done. Because my style is identical to none. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to keep going. Hit us with the class. No, man. <laughs> hey, if I had the words up on my screen on my phone, I definitely would have went all the way to the end. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I love it. Guys, Darrell Williams, a true from hood to good. What, 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 let me see. What is um man? I, the word the word eludes me right now. That's okay. That's okay. Um, That's but yeah, a true from hood to good connoisseur. Let's just say that he That's he embodies it. the whole from hood to good element. And man, go check him out once again. Um, that site is Alliance Seminars Seminars with an S dot org. Um, he has a Facebook page as well. And thank you, Darrell. Appreciate your time. And we're signing out. Peace, man. From hood to good, baby. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another one. <laughs> Another from hood to good banger. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to check out AllianceSeminars.org. Support that real work being done in these streets. We need more brothers like this making those moves for the youth, for our communities, for everybody taking their life to the next level. Remember to check out From Hood to Good on IG. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know your takeaways. And be great, baby. I really love this week. My favorite part was the parts that you won't even hear on the episode. So do remember, keep dreaming. Success is born on both sides of the street. And keep on pressing, baby. From Hood to Good, let's get it. <laughs>